listeners, welcome to another special episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is the fifth episode in a five-part series on the book, Flip the Script. My colleagues, Jana Magruder. Hi, Jana. Hello, hello. Stephanie Salvatore. Hi. Hi, Steph. And and myself, I'm Chuck Peters. Nice to meet you all. Um, we have been talking about the book, Flip the Script, which we co-authored. The subtitle is Disrupting Tradition for the Sake of the Next Generation. And over these five episodes, we have talked about the cultural need uh, that exists uh, in the world. The world, the idea that the, the kids that we are serving in our ministries today of this next generation, Gen Z and Generation Alpha, have a fundamentally different worldview than we did. And so we as leaders need to build bridges that allow us to take the gospel to them in a way that they can understand and receive. Uh, and have be effective in their lives. Uh, we know the statistics show that many kids leave the church when they move out of high school and start making their own decisions. That's a concern that we all have. We also know that there is a lost generation who does not know Jesus, who needs to be reached by the church. Uh, many of you are doing ministry in difficult places. Our culture is increasingly post-Christian. Many parts of the country, this is not new. Uh, the secular world uh, is pervasive and persuasive in the lives of our kids and of kids in general. And the church has not has not maintained the influence that it may have had many years ago in the culture. So all these things are kind of sobering. And so as we talk about from a kids and student ministry perspective, what might we do? Uh, to raise awareness of the needs of the culture, to raise awareness of the kids who who are present, who are here, H-E-R-E, in, in our programs. Uh, and, and how can we effectively connect with them to bring them to Jesus in a world that's really stacked against uh, that happening? And so what we've learned uh, from the research that we've presented is that really this connects to uh, two big needs that kids have uh, for belonging. We know that kids are longing for belonging. They, they need a place to belong. And the truth is, guys, they're going to find that somewhere. And they're on a quest for identity. They're looking to, uh, to define themselves. And that's the, uh, the, the, the construct of uh, expressive individualism says that uh, really the primary goal in life is to define yourself. And th these are the things that our kids are being told and sold by the secular culture. And so we as the church, how do we speak to these big needs, the big cultural need for belonging and the big cultural quest for identity? And the truth is kids need to find those things in the church and in Christ. That's our passion. That's our heartbeat. That's our desire. And that's why this book uh, is the place where we have gathered together the research, the, the perspective, and applied some strategy to help us as ministry leaders effectively engage with the community. So the last four episodes, we've, spent, we've at length talked about all kinds of wonderful things. Listeners, if you haven't heard those, please go back and find them in the archives and listen to this series from the start. Uh, as we wrap this up, we've talked about the statistics. We've talked about the need for uh, connection and relationship and how important that is. And we want to double click on that need for relationship in how we engage with the culture to bring belonging and identity together. So we know that discipleship really has always happened in a context of relationship. 
Jesus called his disciples and he said, follow me. And they walked with him and talked with him. And this discipleship in the Deuteronomy 6 model is really about walking together and talking together, talking together as we go on our way throughout our day. And so there's an assumption of relationship there. And so we may be in models where ministry looks like a person in the front of the room who is talking at a group of people who are supposed to listen and receive very lecture style. And as we talk about effective ministry to this generation, really a lecture format is not the one that is most conducive. It's highly relational. We need to know kids' names and they need to know that they are seen and known and valued as individuals. They're more likely to have a conversation with an individual than to listen to a sermon that's being preached at them from a persona on a platform. So relationship is so very important. And in that, we have identified four key relationships that we want to unpack and talk about today that will help us make those connections. Uh, And it's fun because it's an acronym for the word FLIP. Our book is FLIP the Script, which has a couple meanings to it. One is we want to turn things uh, to resequence how we do things to elevate relationship. But the word FLIP is also an acronym for these four key relationships that are so important for us to have. So, friends, let's talk about these four relationships that spell out FLIP. Okay, I'll start. (laughs) I love to talk about how do we help kids find friendships at church? So it's very important for every kid to have a friend at church, multiple friends. Uh, But we know that research tells us that that is more than just a hopeful thing that might happen while you're doing ministry. It's very essential because research tells us that kids who have best friends at church while growing up are more likely to stay at church and grow in their faith the into adulthood. Faith. Yes. And so that big, scary, scary statistic that we always talk about, you know, 70% plus of kids leave the church. How do we help them not leave? Well, developing friendships at church is an important way that we can do that. And so how do we as leaders make that a goal for ourselves mm-hmm. and for it's a training component when we're training volunteers and leaders to intentionally help kids develop friendships at church. We're fostering friendships, we like to say. So how can we create environments and lesson plans and activities and structure around making friendships happen easily? And fostering those friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this is one of those things that doesn't happen accidentally right. very often or very effectively. I like to say when you have a friend you want to attend, because when you have a friend at church, you can be like, oh, is, if, if she's going to be there, I'd like to go. Or if he's going to be there, oh, I want to go too. And friends become a place to connect. One of my sons has that right now. He, he would not be inclined to really want to go to church alone, but he knows that his buddy will be there. And it's an opportunity that friend actually brings him into the ministry in a way that wouldn't otherwise. And hopefully that friend helps him feel accountable in his faith Uh, at school and how he lives that out. So as kids develop friendships in kids' ministry, the goal and hope would be that they would keep those friends in a lasting kind of relationship on into student ministry so that as they're living their faith out in middle school and high school, you've got peers who are in church with you and in community with you who are holding you accountable. And to have a friend who brings you that 
positive reinforcement of the things that you both believe when one of you is maybe going the wrong way to have a good friend Absolutely. can bring you back. Yeah. Uh, and then we all want that for our own kids to have those kind of friends. And we want our kids to be those kind of friends. But in our ministries, that doesn't just happen accidentally, Steph. That's something that we need to plan for. So right. I like to say, like, if our environment is sit still, face forward, hands in your lap, you're not going to build friendships. Sure. And there's a lot of assumption that can happen as a teacher that the kids walking into the class are comfortable and they know everyone and that they're going to walk in and be ready to assimilate into the group right away. And that's not necessarily true. We have to be really intentional about looking at what's happening in the group, looking at each kid who walks in and recognizing, oh, I can connect this one to that one because I know them well enough that I know that they have something in common. Or these two aren't being a part of the group right now. I'm going to pull them aside and get them working on an activity together that they can be Rather than not having the skill to look face to face and have a conversation because they're young, why don't I put you on a task of building something together? And then that shared experience builds friendship. Yeah. And part of it comes from us. We're going to get into the L next. But as we <laughs> stay here in the, the F of flip of friends, this first important one, I have a story that I tell about a new uh, boy attending at church and the other kids were calling him blue shirt. Hey, hey, blue shirt, do you want to come and play? And that was an opportunity for me to say, okay, I'm sure that he has a name. Let's find out his name and then we can introduce each other. And, and now we know that that's Danny. And so we, he's no longer just a, a, a person. He's, he's a real person. He's a friend. And so for us to be aware of things like that as leaders, we, we can help foster those friendships and connections. And it can be as simple as I had a girl come in and her name was Evelyn. She was new. She was really afraid. She didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything about her, so I said, everyone whose name starts with E, come over here. So You're going to be Evelyn's friend. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I'm a huge Jane Austen fan, and so those of you who are familiar with the book Emma or movie Emma, Emma was a uh, matchmaker. And so while she was trying to set up dating relationships, and we don't want to set up dating relationships in children's ministry. It's but a whole we... other episode. <laughs> it's a student ministry episode. Yeah. All right. But we do want to be mindful of how we can help people connect, help uh, the girls in your small group connect with one another by finding things that they just naturally have in common, like you said, Stephanie. Um, and, you know, in terms of knowing names, the value of your name being known is the most beautiful sound to any human's ear. And so, you know, that may sound obvious to us, but do you know every name of the kids in your ministry? Do your volunteers know every child's name? And here's a big one. Does every kid know the volunteer's name or the leader's name? Sure. I can't tell you how many times my kids have come home. I'm like, who's your teacher again? Uh, I, I don't know. I forgot or whatever. Yeah. So if we're constantly using names and even, you know, going as far as to having a name tag maybe every week uh, for some churches, uh, I think is very important. And then that can expand to how do we help the whole church embrace the challenge of knowing names? So important. So we're, we hit on a lot of things in there that are really kind of uh, leading to where we're heading. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about how the whole church is a part of, uh, we're talking about from a kids and student ministry perspective, these things, but they really go well beyond they that. They do. We'll get to that in a moment. But as we talk about the F here in FLIP, friends, it is so crucial that we help kids get to know one another, to know and be known by another kid who is in their group, who can be their buddy. And that relationship will help cement them to your ministry. 
but it doesn't happen accidentally. We need to find ways to foster those friendships, but it's worth the effort. It will help kids come back. Okay, the L in FLIP is for leaders. Leaders. And so just like every kid needs a friend, every kid needs an adult, one adult who is their primary group leader who looks for them every week, who knows their name, who knows their need, who knows their situation, who who misses them when they're gone because we know a lot of kids are inconsistent with attendance and then who celebrates them when they come back. Having that adult leader who is looking for that child, and there may be 10 adult leaders in the space, but to have that one leader who's looking for that one kid, oh, dude, I missed you, Maximo. Good to see you this week. Uh, and, And that brings that kid alive. And then as we talked about the influence that we have as we apply and teach God's word and speak into these kids' lives, when they know that leader and they know that that leader cares for them, it helps them listen better to what that leader has to share to them. Yeah, for sure. I, you said celebrate every, you know, a leader who celebrates a child when they walk in. What a difference it makes when Maximo walks in the door and someone from the other end of the room throws a party that he's arrived. Yes. That just moves him to a place of being ready to learn. And that's not just good ministry practice. It's also rooted in research, which so many of these practical ideas that we're giving you are intentional because we have found in research that they make a difference. So not just LifeWay research, but other multiple organizations uh, have found that kids who have an intentional adult pouring into their lives at church, again, are more likely to stay in church and grow in their faith on into the adult years. And so the the um, intentionality that we can have as leaders to make sure in our training and in, as we lead up to other ministry professionals on staff, that we have to be intentional about adults, godly adults, pouring into the lives of the kids and students of our churches. Absolutely. The, so the I in FLIP, our next letter, stands for influencers. Influencers. When we think about social media influencers, every you know, kids are influenced by influencers, right, who have all kinds of opinions and all kinds of things. To be influential is really what we want as ministry leaders. We want to be influential in the lives of our, the kids that we minister to. But influence is something that, that comes by intention. Now, we know that every leader uh, within the church has the potential to be an influencer. And in fact, they are by default, right? Other adults who are either high-fiving at the door or leading worship or playing the games with kids, all these adults are influencers, And we want to encourage all of them to be influential as kids observe them and relate with them, maybe at a secondary level from their primary leader who knows all the details. All of these leaders are influential. And there's some other people too who might be. So older kids uh, who may help out in a ministry are influencers. uh, And the parents of other kids are influential. You know, I may not listen to my mom, but my friend's mom uh, when she says, I need to wear a jacket, I'll listen to her. You know, <laughs> So there's this important thing of identifying influencers. Who might be an influencer? So this is, this is not, we've talked about friendships, that's peers. Yep. We've talked about leaders, that's who is uh, assigned to a small group, leadership. a Sunday school class, a large group leader. Who would influencers be? Let's talk about some tangible examples. I'm thinking about teenagers so teenagers serving in children's ministry in an appropriate way, uh, my kids will follow that maybe even more so than an adult. 
And so how can we sort of cross train uh, in our ministry areas to make those things happen in an awesome way? Mm -hmm. I think student ministry is the place to look. And the truth is kids aspire up. Kids yeah. aspire to be, they don't want to be like me, not anymore, <laughs> but they want to be like like the teenagers, right. right? And so finding ways to integrate them that are appropriate, like you said, but that could be leading games. I think of VBS, yes. leading rec at VBS and having some teenagers who can play the water games and do mm -hmm. all the things and still point them back to Jesus. A great example, I think of this, is cent our Centra Kid Camps, Centra Kid and Student Life for Kids Camps, where those, those college-age leaders are working with children and high school student campers as influencers in their lives. They they look at them and they're like, wow, they're cool and they're following Jesus. I want to do that too. Other influencers that you can think of, Stephanie? Gosh, student leaders, definitely. I think older kids in your ministry, um, as they're hitting that fifth and sixth grade age, you can start incorporating them into leadership positions um, on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights. Absolutely. And really, any other adult in the church that maybe is not serving in children's ministry or student ministry, but is still surrounding the families and kids of the church, how can we, you know, uh, catalyze them to want to pour into the lives of kids in some way, in some influential way? And as we get to, the truth is kids observe. They see everything that happens. And so as they see adults talking in the lobby the culture of how adults interact and care for one another and, and they watch adults encouraging one another or praying for one another, all of that is influential as we demonstrate what it looks like to walk with Jesus together with other people. We're going to talk in a minute. We're, I, I, I keep wanting to go there to talk about how this is for the whole church. We're going to get there. And this is a key area, this influential part of it. Okay, the P in FLIP is for pastors. Pastors is another really important uh, relationship that kids and students need to have. Yeah, kids all too often end up in the kids ministry wing and maybe never even know who the senior pastor or the teaching pastors are in their church. Um, I, I've shared on this podcast before, my pastors have just demonstrated this so well. They come down the kids ministry hallway, they get down on their knees, they high five every kid. It's just such a great model for when that child goes to big church. Hey, that guy up on stage is a friend. I know him. He's given me a high five. He's not just some stranger. And things like we've incorporated our pastor into silly videos for kids, like a countdown video where he's, you know, wearing a plaid shirt and making pancakes in the woods or some crazy thing, flapjack, jack, it, it, <laughs> things like that that make your pastors approachable. Uh, we've talked about having your, inviting pastors in, and that's the key with kids in student ministry is because we're often isolated down the hall, we need to be intentional to find ways to welcome pastors in, not just wait for them to show up, but for them to see and be seen, hear and be heard, know and be known within our kids and student areas. Yeah, I'll brag on uh, my pastor, Jay Hardwick, who will come to... Uh, we have music and missions kind of night on Wednesday nights and he'll come and he will get, choose a classroom, come in and do the activity with the kids in that, that room, which they just love. And he is really good with kids. And so it's very natural for him. I realize it's not necessarily natural for all pastors, but find ways that they can use their gifts that come naturally to them. And that might be, 
you know, being more exposed just to the parents in your ministry so that kids see the pastor interacting with their families. And so they feel like they know them. And um, I'm convinced that sometimes kids and students even are in um, the congregation or in a worship service, and they don't even know that the pastor's talking to them. It feels like they're kind of checked out, and it's just time for the, the, the man up there to talk to their parents. Yeah. And so they've checked out. But there are, I've seen it done so well in uh, in multiple churches where the pastor is very intentional about talking to everyone in the room. I've seen Derwin Gray do this beautifully. Every Sunday, he makes sure that he um, acknowledges the teenagers and preteens in the church congregation, as, and he makes things very accessible to them. And when he wants them to tune in, he'll call them out and say, okay, Teenagers especially, I need you to tune in right now. And he'll say something, you know, profound that gets their attention. So I think that that can be done, you know, as we invite pastors into our space, but also helping them know that, hey, there are kids and students in the worship service that need to know you're talking to them too. And oftentimes that comes out of the awareness that they gain by going to the kids and student areas, right? And that doesn't have to be to come in and preach or teach a, a lesson. Yeah. That sounds like work. But to have your pastor come in to your kids' large group time and do a quick interview where you learn what's his favorite fast food and what's his dog's name and what does he do for fun and what was he like as a kid. And when you learn those things about your pastor, all of a sudden there's a relationship. That's what all of this is talking about. It's fostering friendships and relationships in these four key areas. So friends, leaders, influencers, and pastors are all key as we seek to connect the disconnected to bring the outsider in and to build bridges that that bring down break down barriers of belonging, break down barriers to hearing and open eyes, ears, hearts and minds to hear and understand as we teach God's word. So, flip as an acronym. Now, flip is not only limited, and this is where this starts to get a little messy. So let's mess this up a little bit, Steph. So flip is something that every kid in your church needs. Every child needs a friend, a leader, influencers in connection with pastors. But what we're talking about is not, we've alluded to this already, is not limited to kids or students. These flip relationships really are something that is an important strategy for the whole church. To embrace. Yeah, they really can benefit the whole church. Um, in churches that I grew up in when I was young, very small, small churches, you know, everybody knew each other. Every family knew every other family and every pastor because it was a small community. But as churches have grown and, and we're now seeing more medium and large churches, it's so easy for, um, for each type of person in the church to become a silo. So you have kids who have relationships with other kids and students have relationships with other students and leaders and adults know each other, influencers know each other, pastors know each other, and you end up with these lateral relationships in rows. And that's, never cross they don't with each cross other. over. No. Um, so when we look at applying those flip relationships to every single person in the congregation, you know, yes, kids need friends, leaders, influencers, and pastors. But guess what? So do leaders. Leaders need those relationships. Influencers need those relationships. Pastors benefit from those relationships. And as you start getting all of these cross-functional relationships, building and building and building, 
it really becomes, you know, relationships are a little messy. It looks a little messier, um, but it's it's rich and beautiful for for us to help develop those relationships. Yeah, I think there's a truth that because we are relational beings, we're, 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 I was made for community is one of the 12 truths that we talked about. We are, we are made to not be alone. God intended us for, for all of us to be connected in community within the church, within the family of faith. And so the, the idea that, which we know is real, many adults walk into church, they attend a service, they sit still, they participate in singing, they listen, they may or may not have any interaction with another person that's meaningful other than a smile and a, how are you? And they leave without ever being connected. And that's so detrimental to our spiritual growth as adults. And I think that um, if we are wanting to, as next gen leaders, influence these relationships, if you think about it, no pressure, student leader or kidsman leader, uh, but you may have one of the most strategic seats in the church to influence this kind of model. So if you think about it, you are influencing, you are affecting uh, the preschoolers and the children and the teenagers in, that are within your ministries, but also that expands out to the relationships that you have with families, with parents, that's a huge portion of the church. And then when you expand that out to adult leaders and volunteers, you are influencing all of these relationships. And you as a leader can model how that can be integrated into a whole church strategy. Yeah, because most of the people in your church somehow have a connection. Uh, the congregation has a connection back to next-gen ministry in some way. And from a practical perspective, you can influence that by doing things like creating family events where you're getting all generations together in the same place to interact with each other. You can work toward finding more um, roles for students in your kids' ministry in safe and effective ways. Um, You can kind of make your next-gen ministry the hub for whole church events. Uh, VBS is a great way to get all the generations and types of people in your church involved in the same activity that will help build those kind of cross-generational relationships. And so you mentioned VBS and VBS. We, we love VBS at Lifeway and Lifeway Kids. It's a huge and valuable uh, outreach event for the church. It's, it is worth it, all the effort of VBS to reach kids in communities. There's a lot of churches in some difficult areas who don't do VBS or who who just don't have that as a part of their programming. But as we talk about the whole church, one way is to bring adults into the kids' things that are being led. Another is for the, the next-gen ministry to influence church-wide events uh, as part of the planning uh, teams. We So our church does something called Food Trucks and Fireworks uh, coming up in July. And in that, there will be all kinds of things for kids to do and other ways for adults to connect. And it's a way that the whole church can overlap and intermingle and mix together with food and fun and music and fireworks. It's a great example of an activity that the church can be intentional about to use it to build these crossover relationships. Service events are another great way to do this. Kids and adults working alongside one another to whatever, pack food for for the needy or, you know, do some kind of serv- community service event. Or a project to care yeah. for the community or something. Yeah. yeah, great. Well, 
all of this, guys, really comes back to the overall strategy, which is to understand the real felt needs of kids and students, but also really everyone in our church living in this culture, influenced by the secular worldview that affects the way that we perceive, the way that we hear, the way that we need to interact and engage. So the, the research that we have found and summarized in the book, Flip the Script, which listeners we would love for you uh, to get. We'll tell you how to do that in just a minute, how to get a free copy for yourself. This research is something that every preschool kids and student ministry leader should have. You, you need to have this uh, because it will help you see what you're doing well. It will help you see opportunity for what you might do differently so that you can most effectively understand and engage with kids, real kids living in a real culture who are dealing with real issues that we need to address uh, in the church in ways that are, that are meaningful and effective. And so in that, we need to be well-informed. But this book is not only for kids, preschool, and student ministry leaders. Really, this is a book that we need to give to our pastors. We want our pastors to, to be aware of the research. We need our pastors to be aware of the concerns, of the unique ways to engage the culture effectively. And guys, our pastors will will love this book. They're going to find that they resonate uh, with the things that we talk about. And this is a great way that we can uh, show them the the ways that we are thinking and the ways that we are operating in kids and student ministry areas uh, that so they can partner better with us. Uh, our pastor, Steph, quoted from our platform one day some things out of, out of this book, which was pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah. And so, guys, your pastors... Uh, would love to have a copy of of this book, and I would love for you to get it into their hands. I think it would be great for you to have this as something that you can discuss around the leadership table of your church that affects the whole of your church, uh, whether serving kids, students, or adults. So we want to make that happen for you. Uh, there is a way that you can get that, and so you can get a free download of this book at lifeway.com slash flip the script download. So make sure you do that if you want to get the actual book, which would make a wonderful gift because it's beautiful. Uh, it's it's a gorgeous book, and it's uh, you want a physical copy, and maybe that's what you want to give your pastor. You can find that at lifeway.com slash flip the script where you can purchase for yourself a physical copy. At the end of it, all of this, guys, really comes back to pointing kids to the reality that you do not define yourself. The meaning of life is not to find yourself or create your own identity, as the culture would say. The point is for us to build bridges to them, to help kids discover a new identity, which is their true identity in Christ. And that is the goal. And it's just so exciting that we finally get to bring this to uh, the church. You, our friends, um, we have been thinking of you. You were on our hearts when we developed this message, when we worked on these constructs and strategies. You were in our hearts um, as we wanted to help you have tools to um, fight. I mean, we are in a fight. We are in a fight with the culture um, for our kids, for the souls of our kids. And so we hope that this blesses you um, as, uh, as you embark on that journey. We also want to be careful to not suggest that any one model is the solution for everyone. And so what we're talking about is a model for ministry, particularly for those who are trying to, uh, to reach a culture 
and having a hard time making connections with with kids in a post-Christian culture in difficult places. But we want to be careful to say that there's the answer is not a model. The answer is Jesus. And so while we're talking about some strategies and ideas, and these things may be very helpful and maybe exactly what you need, there are many models that are effective. And at the end of the day, it's all about connecting kids to Jesus. Listeners, go get yourself a copy of the book, Flip the Script. You can find it, the free download at lifeway.com slash flip the script download. And we would love to connect you to a brand new curriculum resource for preschoolers, kids, and students, a new next-gen resource that we've created that is informed by all the research and all the strategy in this book, including the 12 truths that are outlined in chapter four, which make up the scope and sequence of a brand new curriculum resource called HiFi, H-Y-F-I, HiFi. We use that as an acronym that stands for here you feel included at the beginning, which speaks to the need for belonging, and then moves to speak to you. Here you find identity as people discover their new identity and their true identity in Christ. That's called HiFi, and you can find preview sessions that you can go and look at today. Get ready to use that starting this fall at myhifi.com, M-Y-H-Y-F-I.com. Janet and Stephanie, thank you guys so much for spending these five episodes with me to talk in depth about the things in the book. It's so valuable. Thanks for having us. Yep, it was an honor to do it. And it's a lot of fun to be together. Listeners, thank you for joining us. If you haven't found the other episodes, please go back to the archives and listen to episodes one, two, three, and four. If you've just listened to this one as your last, as your first one, the last will be first and the first will be last is what I hear. (laughs) Go back and check those out. We are so thankful to have you as a listener. And guys, we want to continue to inform, instruct, and inspire you in ways that help you minister as effectively as possible in whatever context you serve. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back again soon for another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. 